Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? How is your life at the moment? I hope that you are enjoying life, that there are some beautiful moments alighting upon your shoulders. And even if through these times, which are quite fascinating that we're all going through in the world, that you are believing in yourself. Because this is one of the most important things I find in my own life as well, is that we mustn't and we can't stop believing in ourselves, and that we have a greater purpose in this world a far greater purpose than maybe we actually believe. But this is the point, I think, at this moment, at this moment in time on Earth, where all the planets and all the hemispheres and all the universes have aligned for us to be here now. You and I are here for a reason at this time. And we are here to change this world to a better place, to raise our vibration to the vibration of love so that we can all join together eternally as one. And I am absolutely delighted to welcome my guest today, who is the very lovely Savannah Hansen. Savannah is a licensed marriage and family therapist and spiritual counsellor. She is also a certified cellular memory release practitioner, which she will tell you more about later. Savannah worked in the United States and Asia and taught workshops and courses in consciousness and parenting also having private sessions internationally with her clients and patients. She has traveled around the world twice and lived in five countries. Savannah has a master's in counseling and spiritual psychology with an emphasis on consciousness, health and healing. And eventually she became a licensed psychotherapist. Her life is colourful and eventful like a beautiful book. She was married to an Austrian man and then after 23 and a half years together finally divorced. But throughout this time they adopted a Guatemalan daughter 
and lived in Guatemala during the adoption. This is just one of the stories that I'm sure Savannah will share with us. She has had a lifetime, she tells us, struggling with sensitivity and anxiety. She really disliked being on earth. Yet, now the time has come to slowly to start to enjoy life on this planet and all that it has to offer. Today, she shares her fascinating journey. Welcome, dear Savannah. Thank you. <laughs> it was fun listening to about all this information about myself. Oh, <laughs> you're very welcome. And welcome to this podcast. I'm delighted, absolutely, to have you here. Oh, it's really a pleasure to be here. I hope I'm sitting outside. I hope my wind chime is, is making a nice background sound for all of you. Oh, I hope so. I can't hear it, but let's hope the wind, the wind will be sort of merciful and show us a little bit of grace so that we can hear <laughs> the magic going on. And where are you, um, Savannah? I'm in uh, Northern California in the Sierra foothills. I'm sort of between Sacramento and Lake Tahoe at about, I think about 1500 feet of elevation. So Northern California. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I will just say to the guests that I'm always absolutely fascinated by these wonderful guests of mine that come from all over the world. And here I am and I get so excited about it. I have to say, even today, I, I do, I do. I get, Oh my I do too. I know what you mean. I, I just, I'm so fascinated by people. I consider each person their own multiverse and I, I adore yeah. exploring it. Yeah, it, it's absolutely fascinating. And especially when you think about it, you know, they say, um, Savannah, I don't know whether you've heard this, but they say you can't meet anybody on earth unless you've met them in the spiritual realm. And I truly believe that. So even though, for example, you and I, here we are, thousands of miles across the planet, clearly somewhere in the other realms we have met, because here we are now talking together and reaching so many people out there. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Oh, you know, um, a lot of people uh, say oh, Facebook and Lord knows there's trouble with it, but I have met the most amazing people, some of which I have, you know, most of which I've never met in, in person, mm -hmm. but I have just profound connections and deep heart resonance. So I'd never actually heard that, but it sure makes sense. Yeah, because I think that for all the woes and good things, you know, with technology um we try to look for the best in in things i think in life it's the only way to sort of stay on that side of i don't know i, I was talking to someone the other day between sanity and sort of insanity and walk that fine line you know the trapeze <laughs> artist um, yeah. you know that feeling um but we have to find the good in things and it doesn't matter i'm very much a person of every cloud and you know has a silver lining and I think that's the way we have to look through life but your life reads like this wonderful novel um <laughs> Savannah my goodness you know I always ask my guests to um it doesn't matter even if I know them you know write a little bit about yourself because you know how you want to be sort of you know 
shown in the world, so to speak. And I was reading through Savannah's um, intro and all the details that she had given me. I thought, my God, there's so many things I want to ask her. Just, <laughs> just go on for three days. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pass it on to you, Savannah, to tell me um, if we start off with where did how did all this begin with you having lived this incredible life with all around the world? You've been twice and lived in so many countries and done so many things. I mean, it's incredible. You know, it's interesting to hear my life, as, as I told you before we uh, went on the air. Um, yeah. At one time, I felt like, oh, oh, I had such a hard life. <laughs> and I was telling my friend and she said I was being in victim mode. And she was like, victim? Are you kidding me? And um, but to say where it started, I think I had a very uh, typical life. Um, you know, I went to university uh, in my 20s, was a little bit wild. And then 19... Um, 87 rolled around. And that's when my my life changed. I went from having a somewhat typical life um, for a few short years. I didn't get to enjoy it. Actually, it wasn't that enjoyable because in some ways it was a life of quiet desperation. There was a lot of um, wildness and traveling and adventures. But inside, um, there was a lot of anxiety. And in 1987, um, I just from one minute to the next, there was the harmonic convergence and I had to change my life. So I broke up with my boyfriend. Um, I ended up meeting another man. And um, in um, October of 1987, and, and he was from Austria and we ended up uh, leaving to travel around the world in uh, winter of 88. Um, I lived in Austria for a year, traveling around Europe, and then we took off on this on these trips. But at a deeper level, what was happening for me is I um, was confronting the sensitivity that made me feel like I didn't belong on this planet. And so in many ways, it was a treasure hunt to find my own peace. And I looked, I really looked a lot of places. I think it was something like 77 countries I visited in my life. And, um, and of course, ultimately the answers are all found within, at least that's my direct experience. So all these adventures really were to help me find peace within myself. And what I would say is, oh, I feel emotion coming up just saying it. Help me really know deeply inside in an embodied way that I am love and you are love and we are love. And that changes everything. So my website is called Rising as Love. And to me, that's what this uh, game of life is about. That's very beautiful. And I 1000% agree with you. Savannah, the essence of everything is love. And what a beautiful thing to say. And to live life in that state of being, I think when you're so sensitive, as a sensitive soul, as a sensitive being, I don't see any other real way of survival on this yes. earth. I couldn't agree more. My license plate, literally is be love and oh, um it, that's very good i know can you that's believe fantastic. i got that one i was really excited my daughter wants to know if she can inherit my license plate 
<laughs> so um, to be honest with you, until uh, summer of last year, I wasn't sure I was going to make it the, as the frequencies increase and the density of the planet increases and the darkness and all the shadows coming to the surface. I got to the point where it's like, I'm, am I going to make it? I'm not sure. So what's interesting to me is that the most tricky part of the journey in a way is to face. In fact, I write a, a column for a newspaper and I just wrote one this morning um, about radical self-love, which for me requires us to face the darkest places within our psyche and our hearts and love them. And that is no small thing for me, the, the anxiety and the sensitivity, it's, you know, that's why I became a therapist is to make peace with all of that. And as you were saying to me, I don't know how I'm now glad I'm a sensitive because it forced me to take this journey early on. Um, mm -hmm. I see people now being forced into it, you know, kind of helter skelter. Um, so now I can see the sensitivity as a gift. Yes, that's a huge awakening, I think, when something that a lot of people that are sensitives or empaths and highly tuned people um, find it incredibly difficult to walk this earth. Yes. And yet, somehow, they are the leaders in a way. They are the real yes. leaders. You know, they find it the most difficult um, but really, they are the ones that are leading the way. And to become aware of that, I think it makes the journey of life more bearable. Oh, I, I you know, it really, it was a lifetime to get. And it was sort of um, what was grace that I was able to make the switch. But it was, you know, a constant focus and, and prayer and um, guidance and following every you know, trail to finally come to this place where I could say, oh my God, this sensitivity has served me in so many ways. And the number one way I would say it served me is I experience most sensitives and empaths as very um, wholehearted and tender. And yes, it can be very painful on the planet as it is um, appearing right now. But my God, when I meet people who have no access to their hearts, I think, would I trade that for anything? No. No. Yes, because mostly in this world, I found Savannah, and I don't know about you, but everyone is looking for something better always. Mm -hmm. It's never enough. Mm -hmm. And I think we can get into this mindset of, looking for better, chasing for better. But that all comes really infinitely from the point of the compass of that we're not actually accepting who we are. Yes, absolutely. You know, if we accepted ourselves in our entirety, there would no longer be this chase, this run, this competition, this unnecessary desperation to be like everyone else. 
Well, I never had that problem. <laughs> I really didn't because, well, that's not true. When I was younger, I wanted to fit in and I couldn't okay. understand. I felt, you know, the black sheep of the family. I um, come from a very educated uh, family. There's a state senator in the, in the family. And so that's part of the reason I left the country. I didn't feel like I fit with the American definition of success. And I literally, when I came back to the United States, the first time I touched American soil, I burst into tears and left pretty quickly thereafter. And it was all me. I, I didn't accept myself. I considered myself to be a failure. So to make peace with the way I am and to see it as incredibly successful, not at all in traditional sense, but to me, the great success is to be who we are and to remember our essence, which is love. And that to me is the game we're playing here on earth, the only game worth playing. Um, and once I got clear about that and made that my, really my devotion to follow the path of love, well, that changed everything. What a beautiful journey, I think, to take that journey towards love. And we think it's towards love. And yet, actually, we are love. Exactly. Yeah. Towards the remembrance would be more correct. Yes. The remembrance. Yes, the remembrance of love and the remembrance of who we truly are. And I've said this story so many times, but I saw that you mentioned um, Rumi. Mm. And um, I have to say it again, because it's something that changed my life. Savannah, and that is that I visited his tomb, his resting place. I don't know if you've been there in Konya, no. um, in Turkey. And Actually, I have. I forgot. Oh my God. Have you? Yeah, I think so. Is what's what's the capital city? Um. Oh my God. Ankara. Yeah, yeah. Is that where it is? Yeah, Ankara is the capital of Turkey. But then you've got Konya, which is where um, Jalaluddin Rumi is buried. No, no. Okay, then I haven't been there. Okay, so you know that he had um, a spiritual guide who was Shams yes. Abrizi. Well, I went to his tomb as well, and that's just down the road, literally in Konya, and that's not so grand. Um, it, it, you would never think that this was one of the greatest, you know, uh, sages and holy people and you know, writers of of time. Um, but what it showed me, and is that. I sat there in deep contemplation and it's Rumi is always close to my heart. Mm. And it's something that I can't explain. It's there's a deep, you know, when you love something with your whole being, then I had so many questions and everything that was coming to my heart in that moment is the answer to everything is love. Mm. And then I went through this whole stage of, totally transforming my life in mm. that I thought well everything we do must be love everything we say must be love well yeah that's that's fine and then I heard this voice that said well actually that's not enough you have to go and be love mm. mm -hmm. and that was the point of complete transformation <laughs> absolutely because um and and to me the the pathway is is um 
many people seem to miss it. I, I literally was working with somebody just this morning and the pathway is through the shadows. At least that's my, been my path and the people I work with. And um, what's amazing to me is because most of the work I do now is a, sort of an embodiment practice. And the body is literally tied into the same intelligence as runs the entire universe. But very few people, it seems, know how to tap into it. And just in this session, the person was, you know, going through um, a difficult situation. Was you know, where where do you feel that in the body? Where do you feel that in the body? And then from one minute to the next, she had a memory pop it. And this is very common. Uh, being like two years old and and being um, thrown out of her house, or maybe she was older. I, she didn't say her age, but young. And the memory just came in, and through that memory being um, the energy that got blocked there, the the decisions that were made, the the limitations and the beliefs that were formed at that moment, her experience shifted. I've already heard from her and. And the dilemma that was occurring at the beginning of the session has already shifted. And it's what, like two hours later. So what's amazing to me is all that we need is within us. But so few of us seem to have the key because we're running and looking for it on the outside. When in fact, from my direct experience, it's actually on the inside. I actually went around the world looking for something. I didn't find it. It's not in the 77 countries I checked. <laughs> It was always in my own heart and in my own soul and in my own being. Mm -hmm. It's like you must have read The Alchemist by Paolo yes, Coelho. Yes, yes. And it's that. I mean, exactly. He, yeah. He went everywhere and he went to Egypt, he went to the pyramids, but yet finally it was back where he came from that he found the treasure. That's where the treasure was, really. Exactly. But, you know, for some reason, this is just popping in so that I always feel that there's a reason I'm thinking about the adoption of our daughter. Mm. So it was quite a process, um, especially since it's international. And I was convinced that my daughter existed somewhere on the planet. But, you know, there's several billion people. How was I going to find her? So talk about a treasure hunt. Mm. And um, at one point we were offered another child. And we had to decide over the weekend whether we would take this child. And my then husband went on a run. And when he came back, he said, I found a feather. It's not her. I'm like, a feather? <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> and then um, we continued with the it's quite involved, the process. And I came home one day and the phone was blinking and I went, that's her. And this. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling some emotion. This two year old, two day old child had been born. And we went down to Guatemala and uh, I met her for the first time in Guatemala City. And um, I didn't recognize her in the first moments, but after a couple of hours, I was just staring into a two week old baby's eyes. I recognized her. I knew her. I knew her. And talk about my head is buzzing as I'm telling you this. Talk about, you know, people, how, how what's the chance I would find this child, you know, in Guatemala? It's such a miracle. What an amazing story. I mean, as you were saying it, Savannah, I actually felt that moment of the interlocking of the eyes and two souls recognizing each other. Yes. And knowing that this was their journey together. 
Yes. Oh, and believe me, it hasn't always been easy. <laughs> she's she's a pistol. Uh, she's 21 now. But um, yeah, there was such a recognition. And to be honest, like all doubt I had about the existence of God, mm. because it was such a journey. We, we had problems with it was then called INS. Uh, we were in Guatemala. They didn't have our paperwork. I got a phone call at a hotel in Guatemala from inner. Um, INS, I forget what it stood for, but immigration services. I got a phone call in Guatemala at my hotel fixing the problem. I mean, talk about miracles. It just yeah. was, it was such a guided experience, but I had so much doubt and fear I had to pass through to have it work out. But sometimes I think when we have that doubt, it sort of, hinders the process of what we're really supposed to be doing but if we are to trust that infinity and that grace has bestowed upon us the answer as you said to every question in everything lies within us and if we could actually reach that place within us i think possibly as with your daughter, there must have been some connection, a, um, a greater force that put you together, that oh. gave that inner guidance, that gave that inner strength for you to be able to have the courage and, you know, the responsibility to take on this child, you know, this other soul. Absolutely. The the only thing that I would slightly um, say differently is that the, to me, the doubt is the path. So, I, you know, the doubt forced me into places inside my own psyche where there were obstacles to the knowing. And mm. so by being put, so to me, every circumstance where, where challenges come up are divinely orchestrated by my soul. Um, to show me the the places that I had forgotten, forgotten the truth of who I am. So the doubt um, highlighted, you know, it pushed the fears to the surface. And for me to reach the goal, which is to complete the adoption and have mm. this child, you know, living in our home, I had to face all these places of or, or um, obstructions to the knowing. So to me, they're always perfectly, especially now with these high frequency energies coming in, I cleared, I think it was less than a week ago. I think it was Saturday, right before Easter. I cleared a long-term pattern in 12 hours and just boom, boom, boom. The synchronicities of challenges or obstacles that were thrown in my path to make me look at this place where I had this block in my knowing, it was all orchestrated by you know my own heart and soul. Yes, it's a remarkable thing, the soul. It, um, it? <laughs> it, it is quite remarkable. It really is. Yeah. And people say sometimes, well, what do you mean it's the soul? That's me, isn't it? And, yeah. but of course it's you. That the soul is the reality. And, you know, I, I always look at it that the heart is sort of the satellite system of the soul. And if you can, get them to work in synchronicity together then you're doing pretty okay i think 
<laughs> just that teeny weeny little thing to get them to work together. Yeah, that's yeah, I like to that. call it a game. <laughs> it it can be it can be sometimes the game gets a little complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it's not complicated, it is a beautiful dance. Mm. It's so beautiful. But um, <clears throat> this is what I'm being called to say right now. So I always mm -hmm. love to listen to my intuition. And that is that I know that a lot of people are really struggling right now, struggling to make sense of their lives, struggling to make ends meet, struggling to not, you know, <laughs> um, there's a lot of uh, seeming back and forth um, frustration with maybe your partner or your children or whatever it is. And so we could, somebody could be listening to this and say, not me, not me. You don't understand my life. I didn't get to go to 77 countries. If I got to go to 77 countries, well, then I'd be fine. It's, that's not the point at all. Each of us designed our own path. And yes, sometimes it's really um, scary or frustrating or, um, or there's could be rage coming up for people at, you know, certain conditions that are, allowed to, um, you know, say pollutions, for example, that I was thinking about it yesterday. Companies can pay to pollute. Well, <laughs> how is that fair? So yes, just, I read about that as well. I didn't realize that this is what happened. Yeah, it's pretty existed, crazy. Actually. And so there yeah. can be a lot of anger and frustration. Mm -hmm. And I just want to extend my heart to those people because it can get really bleak sometimes. And, and that's okay. Because if you follow your heart and your soul, you will be, I firmly believe you will be guided to exactly what you need to, to this full remembrance of, of our true nature. I believe you. I, I, I absolutely do. And talking of, you know, things to do with um, pollution and that, but this is sort of, it reminded me of something that I read the other day. It was a company in France, I think. And if you wanted to get married in France, they could orchestrate the weather for you. Oh, great. Yeah, I didn't know that existed, um, Savannah. So, oh, my God. So I was getting a bit sort of agitated when I, when I was reading it. And I was saying to myself, Mimi, just, just, just take a distance from this now. And they were saying, well, if you tell us the date um, that you're getting married, and it has to be, I don't know now the exact, um, people can look into it, like three months or something. They do certain things to that area that you're going to get married, and it costs thousands and thousands. Um, but they can actually make the weather how you want it to be. Yeah, but see, to me, this is a perfect example. So if somebody's listening yeah. to this and they feel activated in their body, which I do, mm. I'm feeling pressure in the back of my neck. I allow yeah. that. So I'm in the 22nd week of something called the presence process by Michael Brown. So I, I can feel my energy get charged by that. And right now I'm allowing it to be the way it is. And that's the way through. And for some reason, this is coming up. Uh, I'm going to bring this up on Easter. I met a man, you know, I just walked in. It, it was all guided, but I was guided to go to a particular coffee shop, which I'd never been to before. And I meet this man and he's um, been released from the military. And he was revealing to me um, the psychological challenges of he was in war. Uh, he was in Iraq and Afghanistan and the South China Sea. And 
hearing the impact of, you know, his experiences with um, uh, actual fighting, I became incredibly charged. And I um, and he could get called back up despite all the psychological problems he's had and he he didn't receive treatment for it. So um, I had to really sit with all of that and let those energies pass through my body. See, now most people will try to push it aside, have a drink, you know, uh, watch a movie, um, go party or whatever they want to do. And to me, the, the so it's back to the theme that I was talking about writing in the column by uh, by facing whatever arises in the body in the now, the energy can be transmuted. And this to me is really key in this these times because a lot of things are probably going to trigger us on a day-to-day basis. And most people don't seem to know what to do with it. Yeah, and people get very angry. Yeah, sure. Yeah, um, only yesterday I was with somebody and um, a friend of mine, and she was very, very angry. And if you asked her, why are you angry? She doesn't really know why she's angry. Mm. But her whole demeanor was angry. Her whole presence was angry. And I said, why are you angry? And we say in England, why are you cheesed off? Which means (laughs) you're not in a good mood. I'm not in a bad mood. I said, but you are. I'm not. I said, can't you feel it? Well, yes, because my back hurts and this hurts and that hurts. I said, well, do you think that's because you're angry? No. I Mm -hmm. said, I'm not really angry. I might be. About what? She said, about everything, but I don't know how Mm. to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And this is the point, is that people don't know. They need help. In how to deal with it, because we are now living in different times. Yes. Yes. And I, um, I can say this now because my father has passed away, but I had a raging father. So rage for me was anathema. No way. I was never angry. I, I went passive aggressive. And then about talk about, you know, people being the perfect triggers. I think it was about three or four years ago, uh, a man It made me so angry that I literally was I I live out in the country and I was on my deck pacing like a wild tiger and screaming obscenities at the top of my lungs until I realized, uh oh, people might hear this, even though there's nobody for, you know, the houses are really far apart. The sound carries. So I went inside and I continued to yell profanity until the energy passed. Now, for whatever reason, particularly for what I'd say most for women in my experience, anger is one we haven't been trained to allow. So literally my client just uh, this morning was ripping up some kind of paper or stomp your feet or, you know, yell into a pillow or hit a pillow because you want the energy to move, not at the person. You know, if you're mad at somebody, we say don't repress it. Don't allow it towards the person, but allow it in the body. It's simple, but most people don't know about it. We've, you know, they say it's not civilized. It's very, very healthy. I'm leaning forward. Hopefully I didn't get too loud because I get so excited. I'm so passionate (laughs) about this. No, it's great. It's great. And it's a little bit like when you think about Italian 
um, style um, families where everything is a drama for five minutes and then everybody loves each other in the next yes. 20 minutes. And that, I think, is far more healthier to just say, you know what, actually, you have annoyed me and you have got on my nerves. I'm going to say it. Whereas in England, for example, it's not like that usually. It's very much being polite and there's nothing wrong with being polite. I, you know, I'm totally for being polite, but not fake. Yes. There's a huge difference. And it's the fake that somehow everyone can't abide and they're getting yes. angry with it. Everyone is getting angry because they realize that it's all fake. Yeah. I, I've spent, uh, I think it's the 21st month, I've been on a leadership platform where we learn to be present moment in relationship. And it's really, really tricky. So what I would say is, and I, uh, I don't have a partner right now, but if I have one again, this is what I would plan to do is say, I'm noticing right now I'm feeling triggered. So I'm going to take some time to move the energy through because it's my direct experience. If you speak from the charge, it creates a boomerang. So then you, you're charged, you charge the other person and it goes in a cycle. So what I've learned to do, say with my daughter, um, I feel the energy. I, ne- I never speak from a charged place because it always bounces back on me. So I wait I, I feel what's happening. I might say in the moment, um, I'm noticing I'm feeling really um, angry, upset, sad, whatever it is. And I'm going to need to take some time to be with this. Um, and then if there's something I need to say, uh, when you you know show up half an hour late for the third time, I, I, I was really frustrated. And I would really like to ask you um to uh that we if if it happens again i i may not want to get together with you or whatever it is but not to say it from the charge place that's fantastic advice actually because it's so simple (laughs) it's actually not because people want to say in the moment you made me mad you know but it's not true they did Mm. not make you mad they triggered anger in your system Mm. Uh, if if the Dalai Lama was in the same situation, he would not be mad. I pretty much can guarantee you that he I actually saw this. This is funny. I saw this in the last days. A little girl asked the Dalai Lama if he gets mad. And he said, yeah, if a mosquito buzzes him in the middle of the night, and wakes him up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's not easy not to let fly in the moment, but um, uh, only because I'm trained in this. And believe me, I've trained for many, many years not to react in the moment, but not to suppress it either. It's a fine balance. Yep. It's a fine balance. But I like what you said there, Savannah, where it's a charge. It's absolutely correct. And it's going to affect the other person because even if you don't touch the other person and they don't touch you and you're on the telephone or, you know, whatever, they can still feel it. That's right. And That's right. I have yes. this, yeah. You know when you feel spiky? And I always say I feel spiky. When I'm in a bad mood, I say I'm spiky. Because I don't want anyone in that perimeter. So I become spiky. I become spiky with myself. Perfect. And, 
you know, because I think actually I don't want to be friendly. I want to be spiteful. perfect. Perfect. And that's that. Shut the door, shut the shutters, and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I, in this uh, leadership platform, I do something called oh. Tea Group. And to me, it's the most beautiful thing because you stay present moment awareness. And we will say um, dissonant things where, but you say it from full ownership and the other person, it, it's, it's a beautiful practice and it creates great intimacy, but it's done with full ownership language. We're not saying you make me feel, we're saying I felt this when this happened. And it, it's just astonishing to me how much more intimate it feels. And now I'm slowly able to carry it out into my uh, with my people who are I don't know from the platform. And it creates great intimacy. And I suppose it's the words. Words are so powerful. It's how you say something that can change a whole situation in a second. Absolutely. You know, this is so interesting. I, I'm um, we're studying how to present this to people. And I had my class yesterday. And if uh, if you say it with accusation, no matter what kind of language you use, if you if you say, oh, I fully own that it's my stuff, but I'm inside. I'm going, you are the one they will get the you are the one. Yeah. So um, it's amazing how we all are like little antennas. And we're picking up these vibes like your friend. So she's feeling angry. She doesn't know what to do with it. So it's hard to claim it. She and a lot of times we don't want to claim it because we don't know what to do with it. This is actually a very good point because how many people really do know what to do <laughs> with it? This is what we need. We need people like yourself, um, Savannah, where... They teach people because we are going through such a transition yes. that we are not the same. We're not the same as we were today or yesterday or 10 minutes ago because we're in this perpetual cycle of change. But yes. also our being, our said on a cellular level, on the spiritual, on the physical, on the mental, on all planes of existence we are transforming and if we cling onto oh i wish it could have been this way or that way i wish that we could go back to that time is the point i think that a lot of people are getting stuck yes in, i agree you know so well we're stuck i want to go back to how it was two years ago or three years ago and I want that to be. And of course, it's like being three years old and then suddenly being 15 and 20 and saying, I want to be five again. It's yes. impossible. But what do people do then, Savannah? What do people out there who are feeling this, how can they get this peace of mind to begin with? in order to continue their journey, because it's so difficult sometimes to jump over oneself. And <laughs> you, you know, can't jump over yourself. That's you know, the point. That is and the it, point that people keep trying. Yeah. We all sometimes you, keep trying to do that. Well, I, I caught myself doing it. Um, actually, with this war thing, I I, uh, I just went into this whole loop and then I was trying to make myself get out. Uh, anyway, 
Um, trauma is so complex. And I actually want to bring this up. I was, I've been thinking about this, probably going to be my next column. A lot of people will use spirituality um, to uh, um, wallpaper over trauma. So, and believe me, I'm trained in Course in Miracles and Way of Mastery and A Course of Love. And uh, this is what I did. Oh, I'm not a body or this is all illusion. So I don't need to. I was always trying to lift off the planet. And I imagine many sensitives and empaths use spirituality to disembody. In fact, I had a, a mentor who, who encouraged me. You're not Savannah. You're not Savannah. So you don't need to think about that. Just your, your spirit. Well, that's not that doesn't work. So we need an embodied approach. Um, over the last few years, I started hugging trees and laying on rocks. But um, it, because there is so much complex trauma, most people, they could need assistance to be able to go in and face the things that come up in their system, the anger, the frustration. But I would say um, in most cases, meditation helps. Now, in deep trauma, it can be actually counterindicated, but um, which I just learned in the last weeks. Uh, I ran a group. Oh, oh, I, I ran a group on my property outside. It was so magical because the one thing I will say everybody can do is spend time in nature. Yes. Hopefully you have access to a park, even if you live in the city and listen to the birds, feel the sun on your skin, slow down, slow down. I'm going to say it one more time. Slow down. There's so much happening and if I know that many people are very, very busy, but if you can find five minutes to yourself, 10 minutes to just be silent and still, and it's such a broad topic. I, I have so much compassion for people who are dealing with trauma because it's, it's not easily um, dissolved. And I could give platitudes and, you know, simple things to say, which, um, I do recommend feeling whatever comes up. I recommend, you know what? I do recommend this book, uh, The Presence Process by Michael Brown. I found it very helpful. It's step by step. It's um, the first round is 10 weeks. It takes uh, 30 minutes a day, two 15 minute episodes. Um, I found that very, very helpful. Um, and be kind to yourself. Be extra compassionate and gentle and use anything you can think of for self-care you know, drink plenty of water, try to eat well, try to get sleep. I know all of this is not the easiest thing right now. Um, and hopefully have a pet or a friend or somebody that you can um, hug and receive love from and give love to, because in the end, um, that that is such a gift to give and receive love. And it's something that many are, very afraid of yes god bless this, yeah afraid to be loved afraid to give love and i think if we do that we lock ourselves in a cage and then it's very very difficult you know that old adage where you know we have the key and yet we're sitting in the cage yeah. I think that's one of the tragedies of life. 
I agree. I literally in the last two weeks or week, I can't even remember. I realized that I still have this fear of men. And that's the, that's the thing I talked about last Saturday, where in 12 hours, the, the pattern, I admitted to myself how, how this was very, very underground, but still there. I asked for assistance from my guides and teachers and angels and Mary and Yeshua and anybody else who wanted to help me. And then I had a series of incidents with men over a period of 12 hours, actually through Facebook. And I could feel I had to sit with the charge as it came up in the body. A lot of fear came up and I had to sit with, you know, a beating heart and an upset stomach and pressure in my head. And now, but I'm, you know, I'm very, very trained um, within a show. I think the charge lasted less than 15 minutes. And by the end of 12 hours, um, the pattern had shifted radically. And that is the exciting thing about these times. The energies that used to take, you know, I'd say prior to 1987 to move, you had to be like a saint living in a cave. And so, you know, previous generations didn't have much chance. But now with these high frequency energies, the energy can move in, you know, in an hour, in a day, in a week or in a month that used to take, you know, decades to move. We're living in, you know, times that we didn't even think existed. And yes. That actually exist. And yes. here we are. And every time I say to myself, Savannah, I say, what the hell are you doing here? Um, <laughs> sometimes, you know, what the hell are you doing here? You know, where did you sign that agreement? Say? <laughs> you know, were you nuts completely when you did it? Um, and then I just hear this voice, you know, my heart says to me, well, actually, yeah, you did agree to it and you're meant to be here and this is all planned. Yes. Um, and then I sort of get it together again. I think, well, yeah, it's true. I did agree to it. And then I don't know if you feel this. Um, I get excited because I think, wow, I'm part of this huge time on Earth. Yeah. That um, has never happened before. Yes. Uh, I, I say my friend and I joke, we say we, we forgot to read the fine print when we agreed to come. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, I oh, wait a minute. I didn't know about this and I didn't know about that. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is um, I have it all the time. Um, well, you encounter me through my post on Facebook and I have it all the time that people will say, I thought I was the only one that was having all these physical responses and reactions in the body to the solar activity. No, you're not. I thought I was the only one that was depressed or anxious or this or that. No, you're not. You're not. These are extreme times. You may have an extreme reaction. It's normal. You're fine. The, the trick is, how do you find the way to love yourself through the process? It's not always easy. And that's okay. Can you love the fact that it's not always easy? Can you love the one who's scared? Can you love the one who's angry? Yes, and I think in these times also, the ego is a little tricky thing. It is indeed. It is. It's very tricky. And um, I remember my friend once, oh, a long time ago, was talking about her ego. And she said it was like a little, 
little thing, a little creature that would bang on the wall. And when she was supposed to do something with work or anything, it would sit down and, you know, sort of cross its arms. That was her vision in her mind. And it said, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then she would say, well, what about if I give you an ice cream? Would that help? Well, that changes the game plan completely. Yes. Well, it's funny because I've uh, taken classes on this platform called Honoring the Protector. And I Mm -hmm. run a group called Wild Hearts, um, something like, I can't remember the exact title, but co-creating the new earth. And um, our protectors, we installed them ourselves. And so they're actually intending our good. And if we can make allies, I I wrote a post about it, I think in the last week, um, talking about my protector named Godzilla. And now that I've befriended Godzilla, he will and he trusts me more to take care of the, you know, the inner young ones that uh, my inner child is called Susie. He trusts me to take care of Susie so he can let off the brakes and let, let me live because he knows that I won't drop the vulnerable part of myself. So it's it's quite the journey to do this work, but it's um, it's exciting. And once you see that there's a way out, the door is open and our hearts can guide us. Well, then, and each person will find their own thing. So I, I came from a kind of a Judeo-Christian uh, background, not religion, but um, through Course of Miracles, that was one of my big um, guiding forces in my life. Um, and Power of Now with Eckhart Tolle and um, oh. Vipassana meditation and all kinds of things. Um, and for some reason, I, I don't know how we're doing on time, but I, I want to bring up, um, I spent a lot of time uh, facilitating mindfulness in jails. And uh, I did a, um, some workshops in prisons. and. To see the change that could come over these men, it was a, a eight week program. Sometimes we extended it to 10 weeks, but um, I just read this memory in the last days that I had forgotten. I think it happened about six years ago where a man was in, I think about four of our meditation mindfulness um, groups. And I think as best as I remember, they were like an hour long and he got transferred to um the Sacramento jail, which apparently is very, very unpleasant. And he got put in solitary. And he said the people in solitary will scream and pound and yell and curse and do even more vile things that I won't mention. Uh, But in the past, he would do the same thing. But this time he could sit and be still and be at peace until he was um, taken out of solitary. And just after four weeks. So um, these practices are very, very powerful. And these times are very, very powerful. And we can be on the side of, it's easy to slip into victim. I can't make it. But it's also possible to find our hearts and um, the truth of who we are, which as we've been saying all along is love, which is just words until you have the actual experience of it doesn't help when it's just a word we need the experience it's fascinating about the people in jail because that must be absolutely a horrific place to be i I would say yeah i would say must be absolutely and my goodness but 
in a way, if we don't follow that, as you say, so wonderfully, the path of the remembrance of love, we are consistently locked in our own jail daily. Exactly. So true. So true. And all of us are in jail until we find the way back to our own true identity. And um, in a way, I believe, and this is what I've read numerous times, is that the pressure is is becoming more intense so that we we cannot, we are forced to examine the fact that we've put ourselves in jail. And now with the pressure being this high, we're forced to try to find the key. What a fantastic line that is. It's absolutely correct because we have put ourselves in this position. We can blame whatever, whoever. <laughs> and I do sometimes. And we do. <laughs> and we do. I know I do, but I won't mention it on air. But <laughs> okay, I won't. good. <laughs> I won't mention it on air. But ultimately, it's only us that can set ourselves free. Yes. There's no one else. We have the power to set ourselves free. Yet every day, pretty much a lot of us decide to lock the door and keep the key in our hand and complain and be in a bad mood. Um, yes, life is difficult. No one said it's going to be easy. No one promised that this is heaven. This is not heaven. We can achieve moments of divinity within this lifetime. That's another story and another show. But we have that power. That divine power runs through us. Why are we waiting for everyone else to set us free? You know, I think there's so much trauma. I, I really, um, so uh, God bless everybody and God bless why they're stuck. And, you know, and um, so I have no judgment of people and the choices they make, but I can tell you that in the last probably year or two, I've had more experienced mystical experiences. I had a Kundalini awakening, I think it was in 2019, and then um, I can have the most glorious experiences. And I believe what we're doing here right now is we are the um, builders of the new earth, which is going to be heaven on earth. We're moving back to the golden age to Eden. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to see it you know, fully formed in our lifetime. I think we can pretty much count on that we won't. But I think we will see huge changes in our lifetime. And what a beautiful, you know, believe me, sometimes I'm like, beam me up, Scotty. And other times I'm like, wow, what a time to be alive. Talk about adventure. Talk about a colorful life. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's true. And no, I don't judge anyone. I don't. Because I have been through my own, as everyone, through their own traumas, their own yep you know, difficult times, sorrows, joys, happiness, losses, treasures, as you um, so beautifully put it. But people do need to open their eyes, but the eyes of the heart. Because if somebody, for example, if one of my clients or patients comes to me 
the question I always ask is really, do you want to do this? Do you really yes. want to change? Because if yes. you don't, let's not waste your time and my time. Yes. If you do, then absolutely I'm here and I'm not standing oh my goodness, on any high moral ground. But what I'm saying is it's going to be tough, but it's going to be worth it. And it's important to be around people now that are of the same frequency. And I know it's used so much, but it's so true, Savannah, because if you are not aligned with certain people, even if you've known them a thousand years, it doesn't matter if they are not at this present moment fulfilling something within their own life that harmonizes with your life, um, bring something to each other. If we're not bringing something to each other to help each other, then let's part with love. Mm. And you can travel on your path. I will travel on my path. And it's wonderful that we met momentarily but we shouldn't just be together with people because we've known them for 50 years or 100 mm. years or mm-hmm. we feel, um, well, you know, 20 years ago, we were such good friends or mm-hmm. family, friends, partners, but it's not now. I'm not feeling it now. And if you're not feeling it now, it's not a time to just sort of, oh, well, I just sort of, plod along as we say and just move along in that old energy that is not the time now yes and i actually i have a a student in one of my groups who's um having this come up a lot like just with so many friends and the letting go is it's not easy and um but to me it's almost like a magnet for me now like my brain will start getting scrambled i had that happen the other day um I, I, I literally couldn't talk to the person because I was like, so <laughs> I think as it, as the uh, energy keeps increasing, it will be like a magnet will sort of be repelled from certain people and attracted to others. And um, I believe ultimately we'll create communities based on similar values and intentions. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I see the world heading towards already. I see it beginning to form. And I think this is how we will come together because where two or more are gathered there, you know, is spirit present. Yeah. Um, and I can say that a lot of the healing I've done in, in these last years, even though I started, I learned this cellular memory release in 2004. Um, it's in the last years with having a witness when, when there's a group energy, I can move through uh, charges and limitations in minutes. So there, there's like a field of energy that just makes it so simple. I find it generally um, takes a little bit longer if I do it on my own. So I believe we're going to come together in groups to transmute this um, trauma and darkness and find a way to a better world. Oh, I really hope so. And I really believe it. And you know, as they say, from your mouth to God's ears, because, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I really believe that. I believe that there is better to come. And yeah, we, we are going to have to go through a very, very tight place. And we are going through a very tight place. But we just have to, as the water and the river, 
sort of doesn't force it. It just goes and it flows, you know, through the path of the least resistance and allow it, as you say, which is so correct. Just allow that feeling. When I know for myself, when I try to stop a feeling, I feel a hundred times worse. Mm-hmm. It's like damming the, the river, the water in a river, like it's wants yeah. to flow through. Yeah. You got to let it yeah. flow through. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I actually know people who are doing fabulous and not having any challenges. So I, I know a few per- people personally mm-hmm. that um, I do believe that once you clear enough of the density in your energy system, it starts to get, it's like we really do create our own experience. And I'm already noticing so many synchronicities and blessings in my life and little magical moments where I need something and it appears two minutes later, you know, just like practically with a knock on the door. So um, I believe that we will sort of be like in little different bandwidths of our own creation. And Mm. for some people, these times might be horrific. And for some of us, it might not be so um, it might be great, quite graceful. And it is with this grace that we must I believe this. We must. And people say, well, don't say must. No, no, no. I mean it. We must help each other. We have to put our hand out and really say, you know, just come along. Come with us. Just come and share the journey. Let's do this with love. Let's do this with love. And when you listen to somebody, Savannah, talk, for example, we're talking now and I can feel that passion for what you're saying and that it's very heartfelt. That is what touches people's lives and changes lives is if you're speaking from the heart. Mm, It's so, it's so true. And I have so much compassion, you know, the divine masculine and divine feminine and how that's, uh, how that's um, playing out right now. And a lot of people, it seems to me, maybe even more so the men are up in their heads because they were trained to be the providers and um, they were told you don't feel don't uh, boys don't cry and all of that. So um, to have, I, it's, it's, it's an edge for me, but to have compassion for people who are afraid to be in their hearts, as you mentioned earlier, um, just to have compassion and hold that each person can find their way. And um, right now I'm sitting right next to an orange blossom. The smell of it is so phenomenal. And so whatever it is that supports you in, in, in finding your way back to your own heart and your own soul, whether it's orange blossoms or birds singing or um, somebody's hand that you can reach out and hold at a crucial. I love to say hello and greet um, people in the grocery store, the clerks, just with a smile and telling them they look lovely or, or something, you know, something really simple as often as possible can make a huge difference. This is, yeah, this is the beauty of being human also yes is that we have this ability our souls are in this body and we have this huge gift what an incredible gift that we have had bestowed upon us that we are able to have this worldly bodily experience along this path of eternity Indeed. And I really see one of the blessings of this time. This is what I foresee is uh, men supporting women, women supporting men, 
all of us supporting the children, um, changing some of these systems that aren't really for our highest good, changing some of the ways that education, politics, economies uh, aren't working for the highest good. And um, slow but sure, we'll find a new way. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, I saw a cartoon and it was uh, two Martians or three Martians sitting on the couch and a third one comes up and says, what are you guys watching? And they said, Earth 2020, it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> you know? And now 2022, it's more of a cliffhanger. And so yeah, yeah, it's, true. It's, it's, uh, true. it's not dull. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. And um, and we carry on with love yep. and love. And um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I want to thank you again, Savannah, for coming tonight it's night time here in the uk um but it's not is it daytime how what's the time we, i have this whole well, let me grab my there, phone you know. and i can tell you that it is 223 right now here in california wow and there you are with your wind chimes and your orange blossom how lovely <laughs> my goodness how lo- what a wonderful vision that is yeah and i can see the coastal range 80 miles away oh wonderful wonderful my goodness now tell me you are such a fountain of wisdom where can people get hold of you savannah uh they can um my website is rising as love dot love is that www dot at the beginning yeah yeah mm-hmm. i didn't i okay. forgot i didn't even think about this question so i don't have it in front of me <laughs> but um I, I guess i could i think i put it in my um the information i sent to you okay okay we can put that in the episode yeah anyway. rising as love dot mm-hmm. love and my email is rising as love at gmail.com okay and are you happy for people to contact you Sure. If people are interested in, you know, doing sessions, um, mm-hmm. I would uh, love to. I The thing that I'm really focused on now is this balance between um, human and divine and how presence and embodiment take us back to this remembrance of love. This is my passion. And so particularly people interested in that theme, um, I would I would love. I work with people in different countries. I, uh, I have uh, clients in Canada and England and yeah. It would be well, wonderful. That's interesting. Um, come back again, please, and we can talk. Thank about you. That. It was a delight getting to know you better. Yeah, it's wonderful, and I would love to know more about that. It sounds absolutely fascinating, and um, yeah, let's do that. Let's make a plan um, for you to come back again and talk to us. I could talk to you, as I said to you, I, for the next three days. I've got loads of questions. <laughs> But I well, now. as long as we have a cuppa and some uh, scones with uh, clotted cream, I had a clotted cream at Avebury, and I'm still dreaming oh, of it and decades jam. later. Don't forget the jam. Oh, of course. <laughs> now, before we go, before we go, I always ask my guests this, Savannah, in a couple of lines, something that's helped you in your life, you know, maybe words or some advice to people out there that can begin the journey to love themselves 
I think the greatest and simplest thing is to just believe in yourself. I think you were mentioning that and trust that whatever's happening, there's a reason just to be kind and tender hearted. If you're having a hard time, don't try to fix yourself or beat yourself up. Just say, oh my goodness, I'm having a hard time today. And you can like stroke your hair, take, do whatever you can to soothe yourself. Go outside, smell the flowers, listen to the birds, lay in the grass. Nature for me is my is water, waterfalls, anything you can do to soothe yourself in these times and have the greatest kindness and compassion for yourself and then hopefully others as well. That is my great wish for each person. And to, to really know that who you are is, is you are divine. That's the truth. Each of us. It's inevitable. It's, a, it's, a, it's our inheritance. You are love. And what a beautiful, beautiful thing to say and to feel in this moment that I felt it as you were saying. Oh, it, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, thank you so much, Savannah, because it is truly felt from your heart to mine. Oh, that touches me. That's my greatest yeah. wish. If I could wish one thing is that something I say could touch somebody's heart. That 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 means the world to me. It has indeed, and it's been beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful presence with us. Thank you for having me. It's been a real honor. Oh, and we will make a date for you to come back again for sure. Sounds good. Oh, enjoy the rest of your day. I and will. And you too, your evening. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we'll Thank see you soon. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Savannah Hansen, an absolute pleasure to do this wonderful work that is really more of a joy than anything else in meeting so many delightful people across the globe and sharing those moments with you. Thank you so much for joining me as always. And until next time, look after yourselves and lots of love. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovik.co.uk.